0: Well, Oregon State didn't get the result they were looking for last week up in Pullman, but their goals for 2023 still within reach.
1: You are locked on Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Welcome everybody to another episode of Locked On Pack 12 I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day and your number one source to stay up to date with our media rights and soon to be mostly team free. But until then, beloved and loaded conference of champions like comment, subscribe, rate, review, please and thank you wherever you listen to or watch this show, which today is brought to you by eBay Motors. This episode of Locked On Pack 12 as I said, is brought to you by eBay Motors. A championship team is each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. So for parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check. Stay in the game with eBay Guaranteed Fit. eBayMotors.com. Let's ride like Broncos country, but eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Carter Baines, 24-7 Sports National Writing Desk and BeaverBlitz.com. I hope you're doing all right, my man, because I know that was not the Saturday that uh, you and Beavers fandom wa- was hoping for, but here's the optimistic view of it. I thought coming into the year, primary, achievable, not a given, but certainly doable goal, especially with the schedule number one for Oregon State was get to the Pac-12 championship game. If they beat Utah this Friday in the biggest game of the week in the Pac-12 for the second week in a row, that goal is still within reach. I don't think it's overstating it, though, to say that if they lose, that goal is toast. So I
1: had Oregon State as a 9-3 a or 10-2 team in the preseason and that included a loss at Washington State. I know You picked them to lose at Arizona. Yep, I, I, picked, picked, them I, I picked them to State State beat
0: Washington State and lose to Arizona, and you had
1: that flip-flopped. Yeah, so we both kind of had an idea that there might be a letdown game. And I, honestly, at this point, I don't even know if you can call Washington State a letdown loss because I think that Cougs team is just really good. Um, you know, we'll see what happens when they— hit the road in, in pac 12 play, but they have two ranked wins and Cameron Ward is like a legitimate dark horse Heisman candidate now. So like, yeah, it's a disappointing loss, but my point being, we came into the year knowing that Oregon state had the potential to lose one of these games, yet we were still talking about them as a PAC 12 title contender. Oregon state's a good enough team to go and beat Utah this week. They're good enough to put a scare into Oregon and or Washington and I think they're good enough to take care of business against all of the teams that they're going to be favored against. If they do all of that, they will still be in the mix for the Pac-12 championship game when November rolls around. But, I mean, man, like you said, if, if, if you lose back-to-back games here to start Pac-12 play, um, I, I think just with the strength of the conference this year, you're, you're out of it, right, right out of the gate if you if you go 0-2.
0: Yeah, and Oregon State learned that last year, right, is they went 0-2, losing to USC and Utah, which is a pretty brutal way to start conference play, and this year at Washington State and then hosting Utah. Again, not the most kind introduction to your league schedule compared to, you know, some other teams. I mean, Oregon gets Colorado and then Stanford. Washington's got Cal and then Arizona. USC's got Arizona State, and I don't even remember Um like there, there have been, and they and they've already played Stanford, uh, of course. So it's tough. It's not the spot the Beavs w- would like to be in. I think it's the most uh, disadvantageous part of their schedule is the the beginning of it. I think Oregon State's capable of beating Utah and if Cam Rising doesn't play. I think Oregon State is going to beat Utah on on Friday night on on FS1 because they are at home and because they are playing with their backs up against the wall. But like I said from a year ago. They started 0 and two, and they ended up going six and one down the stretch, which was playing some really good football in the way that we know they are capable of. But if you if you start 0 and two this year is no different than last year, and in fact I think that it's exacerbated that you have to be seven and two and then you'll have a chance if that's your league record to get into the conference title game. But there's no guarantee there because of tiebreakers and whatnot. And I think you're going to have a bunch of teams at seven and two, and maybe one of, you know, USC, Oregon, Washington get to eight and one, maybe.
1: Yeah. And I think the problem for Oregon state in in that scenario is your last two conference games are against Oregon and Washington. The odds of you winning both of those games, I think are slim. Uh, You know, we, we came into the year saying like, if Oregon state splits those and wins like a decent amount of their, their big games going into the year, like they'll be in a good position. But it depends on who they lose to at the end of the season between those two teams, because if you pencil in like a USC into the championship game, it is going to come down to that tiebreaker for the final spot. I I can realistically envision like four or five teams finishing in a tie for that second spot, just because I think, you know, you have a very clear top half and bottom half of the league right now those top half teams are probably going to beat everybody in the bottom half and lose to one another when they play each other in the top half. So like, I I just don't see a two loss team getting into the Pac-12 championship. And if, if Oregon state is a one loss team, it's going to have the tiebreakers against Washington and Oregon, which would probably push it in. So again, it, it just comes down to if you have a loss or two on your schedule, who are those losses to? Because, you know when the tiebreakers start playing out, and we play through play through these scenarios that you and I have gone through uh, in, in past seasons and, and boggled our minds with, because the Pac-12 chose the most convoluted tiebreaker. It is, it is, it is demand. complicated. It is complicated. Um, it, it it will get complicated this year in, in November, and I think the only way that Oregon State is in that conversation really is is if they they lose to only like a Utah or. Um, you know, like a UCLA, you know, they're going to have to beat those two teams at the end of the season now um, to to have a chance in the tiebreaker, I think.
0: Yeah, and like their schedule works out in their favor overall. Getting UCLA, Washington, and Utah at home is big. Still have to go, you know, at Oregon, and I wouldn't sleep on going at Arizona though they did not impress over the weekend. I still think they're capable of being uh, an above 500 football team this year. The the other thing to think about now, Carter, with Washington State, is as favorable as Oregon State's schedule is. You can readily make the case that Washington State's is even more favorable. So when you're talking about teams that can get their name into the ring, I thought before the year, my record prediction for Wazoo was seven and five. Looks like they'll be able to go past that, sitting at four and zero oh here, because I thought they'd be seven and five, and I didn't think they'd beat Oregon State. And I didn't think that they would beat Wisconsin. They win both of those games comfortably, for the most part, might I add. I know Oregon State made the late run, but anybody who watches the game no, Washington State was just better. Like, they were just better that, that particular day, and they were much better than Wisconsin as well, who, again, made a late surge, but but the, the Cougs made a big statement there. The only thing left for Washington State to prove is to do it on the road. In the Pac-12, and they'll have a chance to do that against a solid UCLA team coming out of the bye this week. But Washington State doesn't play Utah, and they don't play USC. So you miss the two heaviest hitters in the South as a, a team of the former Pac-12 North. And look, they've played three or their four games at home. They're going to have to do it on the road. Absolutely. But that schedule breaks in their favor. And now with Oregon State not holding the head-to-head there, that makes it, it could make it a little bit more challenging. Like I know Oregon State and Washington State, and we'll talk about this later, have a very unique kinship right now. But as it pertains to this season, Beaver fans have to be rooting against the Cougs from a washington state perspective i love the schedule i mean you mentioned the
1: teams they miss like if you're going to miss two teams those are probably the two that you want mm-hmm. um, i know utah's kind of struggling right now without cam rising but
0: they're still a 40 football team so
1: like that's that's a yeah still i mean an elite defense and offense that has weapons around the quarterback um but yeah i i am curious to see how washington state how long they can carry this out because I think some of our concerns coming into the year were about the, how complete of a team they were. I think we knew that Cam rising always had this opportunity to, or sorry, um, cam, cam ward ward had wrong this, cams. This oppor- yeah. <laughs> too many cams. Um, we always knew that he had this potential to, to really break out because I think in some ways we expected it last year and it just didn't quite come to fruition. Um, it did in spurts,
0: in moments, yeah. in individual games, but not over the course of a season. Not consistently. Which is the question that I have about Washington State right now as well. Yeah. And, you know, we've seen their
1: receivers flash. Um, Josh Kelly had a, a monster game against they Oregon made, State. Dude, Kelly, Kelly made some ridiculous catches. A couple one-handed grabs, yeah. Yeah, he was, um, he was uh, exceptional. I, I guess my question about the Cougs moving forward is, like, is the defense really that much improved from last year? Are they going to be strong in the trenches against a team like, um, you know, like Washington, who has a really good offensive line, um, an Oregon who's good on both sides of, of, of the line of scrimmage. Like, can the Cougs hold up in those kinds of games? I just don't know that they're as complete of a team as you need to be to win some of those games, Um but i mean i'm not going to tr- i'm not going to take anything away from what they've done i mean oregon state and wisconsin are two very good opponents they took care of business at home and they're
0: very much deserving of being in the the top 16 now in the ap poll yeah i agree and i think they should actually be a, a touch higher i want to shift this back to oregon state though and the defensive concerns that arose on saturday cuz cam ward is good but should he have been able to be that good and what that can mean going forward and everybody's favorite quarterback to talk about, well, at least in some parts of the country, DJ uh, Uyunglele. But did you know that DoorDash does grocery delivery now? Because that's that's a thing that that DoorDash does now. So if you forget like the syrup for your pancakes, or you, you just ran out of your favorite coffee creamer, or maybe you want to get all your groceries delivered, you can do that with DoorDash grocery delivery. Love the convenience of getting what you want right to your door with DoorDash grocery delivery. You can stock up for the week or get or, or order last minute cravings conveniently. You've trusted DoorDash to deliver your restaurant favorites, and now you can get grocery delivery that actually delivers too. Get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to a $20 value when you use Code Locked on College at checkout. Limited time offer terms apply. That's 50% off up to $20, no minimum subtotal, and zero delivery fees on your first order. When you, use, when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter Code Locked on College, don't forget that's Code Locked on College for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. Can't ever take 50% off the second segment sip. That would just be a critical blow to any any particular show, which is not what I'm trying to do here. Trying to give you guys the best show I possibly can. So let's talk about that Oregon State defense, which we had questions about coming into the year. Not doubts, but questions. And those got answered in a bad way on Saturday. Cam Ward had over 400 yards passing. He accounted for five total touchdowns and six incompletions in Frankly, Carter, at home or on the road, that's just not something the Oregon State defense surrendered a year ago. What's your concern level with the Beavs on that side of the ball right now? We had no reason to believe that that kind of performance was
1: coming, though. I mean, the first three weeks of the season, Oregon State had given up. I mean, you can kind of throw out the last last touchdown at at San Jose State and the last touchdown against UC Davis because Oregon State had all their backups in. They gave up 17 to San Jose State, seven to UC Davis, nine to San Diego State, Um, and and really were just. I mean, teams couldn't move the ball with any sort of consistency against them. You know, they were relying on, on on chunk plays to to even get them across midfield, and you know, it wasn't coming with any consistency. So for Washington State to to just dismantle that defense like it did from the very jump, I mean what it took 50 seconds for washington state to score and it was on a huge passing play like
0: and and the play I, before that by the way was a quarterback run where cam ward had nobody around him and he was never touched on the play he just ran out of bounds after 10 yards like it was just easy move an easy moving of the football for the cougs right out of the gate and it was certainly not what i expected
1: yeah it looked like a completely different defense than the one that took the field in non-conference play and you can bring up the schedule factor like, yeah, Oregon State didn't play anybody really with a pulse in the first three games. You know, they were playing two middle of the road Mountain West teams and an FCS opponent. So like, I suppose it's fair to say that, you know, the defense hadn't really faced anyone of uh, of, of, of much stature. And, you know, maybe that wasn't really telling of what this group is. I would tend to believe that Washington State's just a really good offensive team that caught Oregon State on a on a down day. You know, like I, I think Oregon State bounces back with a huge performance defensively against Utah this week. They're going to be at home where nobody has had any success on really either side of the ball over the last two years. I mean, Oregon State's just been flat out dominant at home. I, I think it's a big bounce back opportunity, but if they struggle. Like if Utah comes in with a backup quarterback and and moves the ball, like sound the alarms because yeah I agree Oregon State Oregon State to win games in the Pac-12 has to be a complete team particularly with the way that DJ Ubuyongalele has played the last couple of weeks Oregon State needs that defense to be firing on all cylinders so uh, this week will be a good a, a good litmus test of whether that Washington State performance was an aberration or a, a harbinger of things to come.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I mean, Cam Ward is fantastic. Don't don't get me wrong. He is capable of being that sort of guy. And, you know, the, the question, just to talk about the Cougs for a moment that, that I have and that you brought up earlier is, does Washington State have the ability to play like this for 12 games because at their peak last year, this is how they played. I mean, Oregon went up there last year and should have lost the football game. And they, you know, Oregon snatched it away at the last moment, but like at their peak, that's what Washington state was last year, but then they would have valleys as well, where, you know, they'd go down and play a big team like USC, for instance, on the road and they weren't you know, super competitive in that one, and USC was able to move the ball really easily. So I'm still waiting to see that because there's there are a lot of similar things about this Washington State team compared to last year. But there's also one thing that looks different than last year, and that's Cameron Ward with a new offensive coordinator in Ben Arbuckle who's doing a marvelous, marvelous job here in the early portion of the season. If that rate continues, like – You know i I talked about washington state before the year and my big question for them before the season was what do you get from cam ward on a weekly basis because if you go look at his numbers in their wins last year he was close to 68 percent completion he had actually a couple more interceptions but more touchdowns as well and then when he wasn't doing as well his completion percentage was in the low 60s didn't have as many touchdowns his average yards per attempt wasn't quite as high And Washington State didn't do as well. And so it's been very tied to him because he is what they do offensively. But when he plays like that, Carter, he may not have top five weapons in the Pac-12 because they're so good. Though Kelly and – who's the name of the other receiver that was really good? Um, Nikita Watson. Or no, that's their running back. Tyler Williams. Williams, yeah. yeah, Williams and Kelly on the outside were fantastic. And if Cam Ward plays at that sort of level, then Washington State's offense – I I still have a couple questions along the offensive line. They can go toe to toe with a lot of different teams in the PAC 12 and they can move the ball and score points.
1: We had questions about the offensive line coming into the year and and we might still have some, but Oregon state sacked cam ward once. Oregon state's defensive front has, again, like going back to non-conference play, they looked really good. I mean, they were wreaking havoc in in the pocket against all of their opponents and they get, they, they go up to Pullman and, like they just can't affect Cam Ward to a level where he's having to throw the ball away or taking sacks. Like I, I just thought it was a completely dominant performance by that offense against a defense that really everyone in the country said like, man, this group might just be as good as it was last year. So um, like if if the offensive line plays that way the rest of the year, um they're gonna answer a lot of questions and I think Washington State's gonna win a lot of games because that offense will not slow down if you can't pressure Cam Ward.
0: Yeah, and you know, they don't run the ball at a super high clip. They they ju- but they just have to run it enough. They just have to be like between three and a half to four-ish yards of carry, be in the 120-yard range, and that's fine, just enough. Cause I asked that about the Cougars offense going into the game. Like if you get one dimensional against Trent Bray, that's not a matchup that i like for you no matter what your personnel is but they had enough balance and and ward look he had every throw in the bag available to him on saturday but as you talked about carter he had so much time i mean the touchdown before the end of the half that was like a 7 8 second play and and ward looked like he was playing two hand touch football at recess where he took the snap back and he knew hey, i'm not i'm not going to get touched here And someone might come at me a little bit, and I'm just going to make a little juke. Like He was juking guys, and it looked like he was still having the wherewithal to be looking down the field. And I think that's a credit to Washington State's offensive line. I do also think, given it was their first Power 5 opponent of the season, it raises a question about what Oregon State has has got up front defensively. And I think we'll get a great test and and a great idea of that this week against Utah because the Utes have a great offensive line.
1: Yeah, and I mean, Oregon State has they have guys on that defensive front. Like Sione Lolohea is, I I think, one of the more underrated defensive linemen in the conference. Uh, Andrew Chatfield, the transfer from Florida, who came in last year, is really expected to take a step forward this year after um, what he did in the bowl game against his former team last year. John McCartan back as a veteran guy who's been a disruptor for years. I mean, you go down the list, Oregon State has legitimately good pass rushers, so it was a little surprising to see them struggle against an offensive line that, like you and I mentioned, had some questions entering the year. I, I think that Oregon State bounces back. I, again, I, I I have a hard time believing that the defense really regressed that much. Now, the, the back end, sure, I, I think it's fair to raise some questions there. They lost so many starters from last year's team. They're working in a bunch of guys who haven't had these big roles before, and you put them up against a good passing team like Washington state and they struggle. How is that group going to fare against Washington or Oregon teams that are as good, if not substantially better than Washington state's offense. Um, I think that's more concerning to me than the defensive front. I think Oregon state's still going to be formidable against the run. They're still going to get pressure on quarterbacks, even though they didn't against Washington state. Um, but, man, if, if, if that secondary has has trouble containing receivers like it did last week, I mean, there were a few plays where it's just completely blown coverage, too. Like, that will be the biggest problem with this Oregon State defense.
0: Yeah, it would be concerning if you saw the same issues that arose on Saturday against Utah, which does not have anywhere close to the firepower offensively with Nate Johnson at the helm, especially as Washington State. That would be a concern. It would also be a concern if you didn't understand why the Jace case is something that you should get. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use, and all it takes to get a Jace case is fill out a simple online form, and in some cases, jump on a quick call with one of their board-certified physicians. You don't want to be caught unprepared in today's world. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. Jace handles everything from online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Jace Medical is simple. Go online, fill out a form, get a prescription, life-saving medications right to your door. Get $20 off these life-saving antibiotics today from Jace Medical using my code LOCKEDON at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's j-a-s-e-medical.com. All right, let's talk about DJU and then let's talk big picture to wrap up uh, today's show. That was not what Oregon State fans had in mind when DJU came in via the transfer portal this offseason for a game like that. It looked a lot more like Clemson's DJU rather than what he's capable of being at Oregon State. And it's really back-to-back weeks, Carter, that he has shown signs of moving in the wrong direction after looking great over the first couple of weeks. What what did you see from him and how do you think Oregon State kind of gets him back on track against probably the best defense in the Pac-12? I saw the same inconsistencies that, like you said, plagued him at Clemson.
1: I mean, uh, short throws that he's chucking five feet or not five feet, but I mean, you know, a, a full foot above a receiver's hands like uh, that checkdown pass to Damian Martinez that flew well out of his reach. Like, those are easy passes that he, for whatever reason, just on fourth down that one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the ones that just seem to fly and he had a couple of miscommunications with receivers where you know he throws and there's nobody home like uh, that's the kind of thing that we saw from him at Clemson that we thought would be fixed when he got to Oregon State and Brian Lindgren kind of tools a scheme around him and you know works to his his skill set but then on the flip side When he makes a play, like it is a play that only DJU can make, it's it's one of those pinpoint accurate balls, like twenty five yards down the field, that's got a bunch of touch on it, that flies right over the linebackers. Like that's the DJU that Oregon State expects to have, not the Clemson version. And unfortunately, you've seen more of the Clemson version uh, over the last two weeks. And you know, I it's tough because I I think. The Utah game is—it's not the opponent that you want him to face after struggling like he did. You know, you want a, um, a like a, a Cal to come in or a, um, a, an Arizona to come in—a a defense that you feel like he can. An Arizona apart.
0: State, a Stanford, a Colorado—even there are a sure. lot. There are a lot more uh, manageable options to be going against. After after a week like that for a guy who now, frankly, as Oregon State looks to contend, Carter is is trying to find his confidence again. Yeah, look for Oregon State. Obviously, the run game is a strength, but you're not going to be able
1: to play a one dimensional style of let's just smash the ball down their throat against Utah. Like Utah is about. Well, as you as never know. I saw
0: cats. one team fail to stop it a year ago at that particular stadium. I don't want to relive the game, but it did happen. Yeah, that is that is very true. Um, more often than not, it
1: is not a recipe for success. If there's any team that can pull it off, it's Oregon State. But I, I have a hard time seeing that against Utah. So, I agree. if you if you are going to beat the very good teams on your schedule, DJ has to play at the level that he played against San Jose State, against UC Davis. He cannot throw interceptions. He cannot miss wide open receivers by you know putting the ball five yards ahead of them in their route. Um, he, he needs to be more accurate. That's, it, you know, plain and simple. Um, I, I, I think a, an inconsistent DJ is enough to beat everyone on their schedule that is not ranked in the top 25 because I think Oregon State's running game and defense is just that good. But if you're going to play a, against a Washington or an Oregon and have really any hope of winning, DJ has to play at a high level. Um, and, and, and that includes, you know, not completing 50% of your passes and, and not throwing interceptions like he has the last couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one. I, I think the potential's still in there, but Brian Lindgren and Jonathan Smith have to be able to get it out of him because I've, you know, been on this since way before the season began. If you don't have quality quarterback play in this league, I, I can't feel confident in you. I thought that would hold back UCLA last week against Utah more than their roster, because I think their rosters are probably you know fairly comparable, maybe slight edge to Utah, but guess what? UCLA's roster held up quarterback, on the other hand, threw a pick six, and they lost the game by seven. I, I think that the PAC 12 quarterback play is just so good. And the teams are so good. It can come down to what you get from uh, your signal callers there. Let's wrap up with a mailbag question, which is always open YouTube comments or hit me up on Twitter at smalls underscore 55 or at LO underscore PAC 12 DMs and mentions wide open, whether you agree with my opinion or not. Certainly there are plenty of people in the latter department, but that's okay. 206 Minotaur. (laughs) All right. Quick mailback question. If Wazoo and OSU both finish, say, top 20 in the AP this year and do at least respectable in other sports, do you think the Big Ten considers expanding their West Wing even more by adding the Cougs and Bees? I know money talks, but I feel like if the programs speak for themselves, it makes sense more than it doesn't. Big Ten, I'll go first, year? Carter, no. No, no, the Big Ten will not. The Big Twelve... They could think about it. I I mean, I I haven't seen any reported noise about it, but I don't think it's far-fetched to say that if you have a pair of top 20 teams after this year in this loaded Pac-12, that by the end of the year, the Big 12 might say, you know what? Let's make this as great a conference as we can. And of course, Oregon State and Washington State would go in a heartbeat. The Big 10 won't do it. Um, The Big
1: 12, I think, might. And, and and it goes beyond just being good on the field. Like Oregon State and Washington State are probably going to end the year as top 25 teams. Like I I would go on the record with a prediction saying both teams will finish in the top 25. They might be 24 and 25, but I I think with the schedules they have and the wins that they already have under their belts, like it's it's just hard to see them falling out altogether. The more important thing, and obviously we know that. The TV networks drive the bus. Money is the name of the game here. Oregon State is one of the most highly viewed teams in college football right now. They have played in, on, on national television, I think, every game except for the UC Davis game. Oregon State has drawn more viewers than USC, UCLA, Washington, all of these big brands in the Pac-12 that are going off to the Big Ten, some of the ones that are going off to the Big 12, Oregon State is blowing them out of the water in viewership. And, you know, the the Sunday game week one certainly helps um, yeah, having a, a, a four o'clock game on on Fox against Washington State certainly helps. But Oregon State has earned these big windows on national networks by. Uh, by putting a good product on the field and so as long as you keep doing that and as long as you keep drawing viewers shoot oregon state utah on a friday night at 6 p.m pacific is is gonna crush i think you know that's another top 20 matchup like as long as people keep watching oregon state i find it hard to make an argument against adding the beavers to a power conference and you know, the Big 12 sees all this value in, in in Utah and Colorado and the Arizona schools for good reason. But I think with what Oregon State and Washington State have done so far this year, they have really put themselves, I think, in similar footing with those other programs.
0: Fluid and silky smooth as always. I'll just let Carter end it right there for today. Carter Baines, 24-7 Sports and Beaver Blitz. Appreciate it as always, man. Thank you. Appreciate everyone listening. I'll see you next time. And until then, hope you have a wonderful rest of your day.